word debt pledge actually meant that you would take a pledge to repay your loan, and whenever you pay the loan, the pledge is dead. Welcome back to Core Conversations, a Core Logic podcast, where we tour the property market to investigate how economics, climate change, governmental policies, and technology affect everyday life. I am your host, May Claire Bolton Smith, and I'm just as curious as you are about everything that happens in our industry. So many of us have a love-hate relationship with mortgages. It's a tool that many of us use to reach the major milestone of home ownership, but it is also a decision that comes at a cost. And usually that cost is hundreds of thousands of dollars plus interest. And it's a burdensome process. So how can this process become easier for everyone? That's a question whose answer has played out over generations as governments have refined home loan practices. But today we're going to take a look at the future of the industry and the role that technology will play in its next stage of development. So to dive into this subject today, we have CoreLogic's Praveen Chandramohan, an executive in Origination Solutions. So Praveen, welcome to Core Conversations. Thank you, McClare. It's a pleasure to be here talking about something that I'm really passionate about. Awesome. Okay. So, well, before we get into it, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do here at CoreLogic? I've spent about the last 20 years of my professional life at the intersection of technology and housing finance. I've been with CoreLogic for eight years now, and prior to that, for about 10 years at Fannie Mae. Ah. And over the course of my career, I've spent my time across various business units, uh, think capital markets, single family, valuation modeling, rental solutions, and finally running a loan origination system. These experiences um, amazingly gave me a front seat view to the housing finance value chain all the way from rental to retail to wholesale to correspondent all into the secondary markets uh, space. Ah. So I'm currently responsible for running a business that's focused on providing mortgage lenders end-to-end solutions, whether it's to grow their existing business or to complete a mortgage transaction to originate a loan. That's great. Like you definitely are the right person that we need to be talking to today with that kind of background. And I'm also super excited because you and I had never encountered each other before at CoreLogic. So I'm excited to get to know what you do a little bit better. So let's just jump into it. And I guess immediately when I think mortgage, you think of, you know, if you translate it formally from French, it's a legal term that means death pledge. So that doesn't sound like something fun, but clearly like people take this seriously. Like we think of, we get, we make this pledge to our death that we will pay for this property. Before we seriously get into the discussion about mortgages, I wanted to remind our listeners that we wanna help you keep pace with the property market. To make it easy, we curate the latest insight and analysis for you on our social media, where you can find us using the handle at CoreLogic on Facebook and LinkedIn, or at CoreLogic Inc. on Twitter and Instagram. But now, let's get back to May Claire and Praveen. I guess there's, I mean, it just shows too that a mortgage has been around for so long, and now we're really talking about everything in our industry is just moving in the the direction of like tech forward. So can you really talk about kind of where the mortgage industry is going? It, it is funny. It is, well, it is a serious business, uh, yes. no pun intended, but it's not as scary as it sounds. The, uh, the word debt pledge actually meant that you would take a pledge to repay your loan. And whenever you are, pay, whenever you pay the loan, the pledge is dead. 
uh, mm. or the oh, load. Yeah, the okay. That's really what it. What it. Okay. Uh, what it you are not pledging to. till you die. <laughs> You're not <laughs> until the loan is done. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that, that, that's a better and connotation. That, <laughs> and that concept is true even today. The American dream is, mm. was, and will continue to be that of owning a home. Um, interestingly enough, I'm going to throw a stat in here. About 64 or 69 percent. That's the uh, home ownership rate in the U.S. Yeah. since the 1960s. So think about the wow. population growth uh, since the 1960s. Um, and we've sustained that same level of growth in terms of home ownership in the U.S. So that, that talks okay. about, that means something, right? Praveen is right. Home ownership remains incredibly important in the U.S. In fact, this year, the National Association of Realtors did a study showing that home ownership rates have risen since 2015. That means Americans today are more likely to own a home than they were 10 years ago. This is in spite of the fact that mortgage rates and home prices have risen in recent years to push housing affordability to historic lows. And then if you think about the size of the business, the U.S. Uh, mortgages and the mortgage backed securities are one of the largest asset class in the world for about, say, about $10 trillion in market value. Wow. So this is largely because we have a robust secondary market which operates that with confidence injected by the government-sponsored entities, also known as GSEs and FHFA. In fact, if you if you look around the entire world, U.S. is the only country that provides you a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage as its primary mortgage offering to the borrowers. Yeah. So, so it's a great country to you know, own a mortgage and buy a home. So from a borrower's perspective today, home buying is an exciting aspect, but going through a mortgage is a painful process, right? It is a necessity to get to their get to their dream. If you ask any mortgage lender, it's 2023, and everyone will pretty much say that their mortgage process is digital. In fact, digital uh -huh. mortgage is a necessity to stay in mm -hmm. this lending business. Mm -hmm. So what does digital really mean, right? So from a borrower's perspective, you can complete an application, you can receive status updates on the mortgage approval process, all online. And we've come a long way, um, that's, at least 15, 20, 30 years of technology advancements to be where we are yeah. today. But at the lender shop, the back office process continues to be a human driven process. Very what that means so. is completing a series of defined steps to verify, qualify the borrower, verifying the property, going through the appraisal process, a series of compliance checks to meet the regulatory, regulatory guidelines, and in looking at the soundness of the financial transaction, rightfully so, to protect the borrower. So, right. so if you look at all of that, it, is, it continues to be a human-driven process from the point the borrowers uh, you know, stopped engaging. And this is really where the future lies, right? So the race is on to get to a true digital mortgage. And what that really means is we're moving from a people-centric workflow to a data-enabled automated workflow. Uh, think automated underwriting of the borrower and the property. Think about a fully digital experience to close a loan. Yeah. These are all the areas where technology is today playing a big part in moving our industry forward. And these are exciting times. Okay. Th this is exciting because I've mentioned a few times on this podcast that I've just gone through this process of buying a new home. And if you listen to the episode that I recorded with Molly Basil, you will hear that it was a debacle and a lot of things happened. And I went through the process twice because the house fell apart. Not the house didn't fall apart. The deal fell apart um, because the sellers backed out on us. So this is really interesting because this topic of technology moving forward and things becoming digital, because that was one thing that surprised me when we went through 
the process of getting our mortgage is it it seemed to be still pretty cumbersome, still had to sign all of the paperwork in person. Um, somebody came to us versus us having to go to a title office. But still, it, it still seemed like there was a long way to go with technology. So can we talk a little bit more on like, where is technology going? And, and, and what does the future really look like? So in the um, era of what I call digital mortgage, um, mm-hmm. there are some key areas today that lenders can be focused on. Um, one, you can think about customer retention and acquisition. So that's an area where uh, lenders are heavily investing in technology. Okay. Uh, to borrow experience from application to close. That's another area where the lenders are heavily investing in technology. In fact, traditionally, that has been the one big growth area from a technology perspective. How do I best... Mm-hmm. Um, how do I best interact with my customer on the other side? Uh, okay. The underwriting process, automated borrower and collateral underwriting, that is an area that was that was starved of a lot of the innovation, and that's an area where technology is now taking full speed ahead. And okay. a lot of the lenders back office process to fulfill and fund the loan, right? Those, yeah. those are some of the four, three or four key areas where um, technology um, does have a potential to really make an impact to the lenders. Okay. And okay. by definition, today, the U.S. Um, mortgage is a very transactional aspect. So think about mm. you apply for a loan, you work with your lender, and then you go away. But yeah. what's happening, especially during these downtimes, lenders are beginning to think about how do I retain this customer for life? And mm. uh, they're, starting mm-hmm. to make, they're starting to invest in technology that gives them that customer for life. They're, uh, they're using a lot of the data and analytics around it to say, can I continue to engage with my customer? So when their ne- next transaction happens, I would be I would be the first one that they would call. It's important today to be able to reach clients where they already are. That's why CoreLogic has partnered with Snowflake and Databricks to develop apps for native integration into these cloud environments. By clipping portfolios to our deep archives of property data, individuals can quickly and simply run enterprise-wide analyses. Find out more at the link in the show notes. Oh, lead generation, really yeah, another huge area for technology growth. Several industries are um, automating ways to find, um, they perfected the art of consumer behavioral-based marketing, lead generation techniques that can drive better and effective customer acquisition uh, for the lenders. We'll continue to see this heavy focus on a lot of the backend automation. That's okay. That'll continue to be um, an area where we'll see a focus on exception-based processing. Mm-hmm. And then I think it'll be, um, I'll be missing a point if I don't talk about generative AI. Generative AI is yeah. uh, amongst one of the most emerging technologies where you'll start to see hyper-focused um, customer uh, messaging that would really help uh, lenders target consumers with really precise uh, talking points so they can help convert yeah. that lender and help them guide through the process. That's really interesting. I actually was going to ask that exact question is, you know, we are in a world of chat GPT running everything at this moment, too. So like, how is AI driving the future of of mortgages? So that that's really interesting, because I think, you know, from a homeowner's perspective, or home buyers perspective, you don't think of a mortgage company until you're looking to buy a house, you, you know, pay your mortgage every month. But you could ask a ton of people like, who's your mortgage by, they wouldn't be able to tell you. Even right. ask them, you know, which secondary market is is behind your mortgage. 
people don't know, like that the average homeowner just doesn't even think about this information. So if you think of it from the actual mortgage originator and the mortgage provider, for them being like, I need to hold on to this customer. So how can they know what their home buyer is thinking of doing? Like, how can they think, okay, you know, mortgage rates have gone down. These people are going to want to refi soon. I'm going to provide them a free refi or something like that so that they can know what their mortgage, what their homeowner is thinking so that they can be ahead of them. That's really cool. So that they can be ahead. The industry can be ahead of the homeowner and what they're thinking so that they can try and keep the, the, the customers that they have. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, really, really interesting. Um, okay, I want to circle back on something too. You talked about how, and this is something we've talked about also with our, our economists, is how it's really interesting that the U.S. is the only country in the world that provides these 30-year fixed mortgages. And um, I've mentioned a few times, I'm originally from Canada. When I talk to my family about our mortgage, they don't understand. They're like, well, you mean you're, you're locked in for like five years? And I'm like, no we're locked in for 30 years. And they're like, it doesn't work like that. And I'm like, it does here. So that's something that I didn't quite realize is that it is unique to the US how we have these 30-year fixed mortgages and that they are the most common because people want stability. People want to know what their payment is going to be from now until they make a change. Not that the market is going to change it for them because there's a lot of uncertainty with that. Speaking of U.S. mortgages and the importance of stability in homeownership, it's that time again. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We're going to do the numbers in the housing market. Here's what you need to know. U.S. real estate is a tale of two markets. In the West, constrained inventory and lack of price growth dominate the narrative. In the Southeast, in the South, new homes, relative affordability, and in-migration continue to put pressure on home prices. Overall, though, home sales have declined. In April, sales slumped 10% from the previous month. That's noteworthy since historically, there is a 10% jump between March and April. However, mortgage rate volatility and other factors such as recession risks, layoffs, banking turmoil, and a lack of home sales have slowed home buying activity. In April, the CoreLogic S&P Case-Shiller Index fell by 0.24% year over year. That's the first annual loss since April of 2012, but the year has some light at the end of the tunnel. June's CoreLogic Home Price Index projects that home prices nationally will average 4% increase in 2023 compared to the previous year. And that's the SIP. See you next time. But getting into it and, you know, getting ready for getting a mortgage and even doing a refi, it's a ton of paperwork. It's like extremely nerve wracking. I think, you know, you mentioned too, on the, the the borrowers side of things, like what they have to do to validate that this is a secure transaction that they should be going in, like should they be giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to this particular person? How can they trust that this person is going to be reliable to pay them back? So yeah, can you talk a little bit about some of the, you know, from that perspective, where technology is really taking us and what the future kind of look like? Yeah, so... <clears throat> If you think about the mortgage transaction, the entire cycle is a very cyclic business. It is sensitive mm -hmm. to interest rates um, and it's very dependent on the macroeconomic conditions. Yeah. You touched upon something um, that I think it's worth double clicking on, which is really the cost and the expense associated to a, to a loan, right? Yeah. You, you talked about this becomes an expensive process. And to appreciate that expense, you have to think about the complexity of the transaction from a borrower's perspective. Yes, 
you you start an application and you expect an answer but mm -hmm. if you peel if you peel it under the hood there's several players involved you have the yeah. borrower that's involved you have the realtor that's involved you have the lending institution that's involved you have appraisal management companies and appraisers that are involved in this process title providers settlement service providers insurance providers your servicer yeah. the agency that is eventually going to say i'm going to package this and securitize and guarantee this loan and then you have regulators who have a whole bunch of compliance um, that's driving that's driving the do's and don'ts of originating a loan yeah. and all of these parties have their own sense of what success means to them and what they want to do and what they don't want to do mm -hmm. and if you think from a from a lender perspective that's in the middle of all of this they've been carrying the load of creating an ecosystem that will satisfy the wants and needs of everybody involved in the transaction yeah. yet trying to drive the cost down so yeah. it's not a surprise that the cost continue to increase because all of the complexity for every player has increased and therefore that that results in the increase increase in the cost of loan mm -hmm. so where technology really starts to come into play is driving and addressing to that to that exact nature how do i start to shift myself to get to understand and differentiate the simple the medium complexity and the high complex loans and then if i if i start to create an ecosystem that's technology and data enabled and we we call it the shift left paradigm where at the time of the application if i'm able to determine um, which swim lane this particular application is going through then all of a sudden you've created uh, a conveyor belt system or a interstate highway system where the fast lane is really for um people and processes that um don't have any any sort of exceptions and can can be automated fulfillment end to end and then your slow lane is really some of the more complex use cases where the property has many different aspects of it that needs manual inspections the borrower has several oh. conditions that may require counseling to get to the qualification and verification stage so we're starting to get really good at applying technology to start to differentiate and not create a single sort of conveyor belt to put yeah. every mortgage in that same in that same pipeline so you're going to start to see a lot of that uncover in the near future this is super interesting and so something you you're triggering all these thoughts in my head here so i think again like many of our listeners who may be home buyers who go through this process like you don't think of all this stuff that happens behind the scenes and that there's all of these different components that go into actually funding a loan May Claire and Praveen spent this episode talking about why improving the mortgage workflow through technology is an essential next step for the industry. In next week's episode, they'll dive into how making things more simple for users is not only beneficial for retaining customers, but how it's also a great way to lower overall costs. As always, we'll pick back up next week. See you there. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. Please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And thanks to the team for helping bring this podcast to life. Producer Jesse Devenins, editor and sound engineer Romeo Roman, our facts guru Erica Stanley, and social media duo Sarah Buck and Michaela Brooks. Tune in next time for another core conversation.